This is the Sanam S4 podcast, brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people for success in the world's fastest growing economies. Season 1. Reshaping international student recruitment in the time of coronavirus. Episode 5. My guest today is Carrie Orison, Vice President of Operations at US internship provider Global Experiences. Carrie studied abroad in France, spent 13 years working at the Australian Embassy in Washington, D.C., and then six years at NAFSA, before moving to Global Experiences. Carrie, welcome. So, Carrie, I guess just for starters, just for our listeners in the UK who might not be familiar with Global Experiences, could you just give us a quick introduction to the business? Sure. Uh, So, Global Experiences has really been focused on international internships from our beginning. We were founded in 2001. We've grown, obviously, over the years. Funny enough, our 19-year anniversary is tomorrow, (gasps) so we won't quite have the big party and the the big celebration, but the team will be celebrating in spirit. the 20th anniversary (sighs) is just going to be all about the champagne. Absolutely. Big celebration next year. Small celebration this year. We are in 13 locations uh, around the world, and the UK really jumps back and forth with Dublin on any given year. And our focus, because we only do internships, is really on career development. So we, you know, we, we do have the aspects of the intercultural awareness and learning and immersing yourselves in a different culture. We are focused on putting our students out into the world, giving them that work experience, and then sort of helping them along their way. And on the Global Experiences homepage, there's a fantastic quote, which um, says that Global Experiences alumni get jobs three times faster than the national average. And from the Sanam S4 point of view, that really chimes with us because at the end of 2019, we had completed a big piece of employability research with Indian students. And the key finding from that research was that internships and work placements were the single most useful thing Mm. that students could do in terms of getting a job when they returned to India. So this quote absolutely stood out to me. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, we absolutely agree. The the internship and that career experience is invaluable. One of the words that I like to use is a differentiation. You put a stack of resumes on an employer's desk and what is going to make that student or that experience really different than the rest of the students graduating. So we feel that an international internship is one of those and probably one of the single biggest differentiations that someone with their experience, their paper, their interview, what are they going to be able to focus on? And it is what they've gained from that international experience. So what are the competencies that employers are looking for? And it's critical thinking, problem solving, communications, all the buzzwords that we all use in terms of the experience. But when you put your employer hat on, what is it that you want a candidate to have? Internships for us, it just ticks all those boxes. Exactly. And actually, just to your point, that was another one of the things that came out of the Sanam research last year is that students really needed um, guidance in how to really frame that experience. Mm-hmm. They kind of knew they'd acquired some skills or they kind of knew they needed to acquire some skills, but they needed to understand how to frame those for the employer yeah. when they got back to India. And I think that that, you know, one, obviously one part of that comes from career services at university from those placement organizations. Correct. 
but being able to evidence where those skills um, have actually been deployed is really, I mean, priceless, in fact, to a young graduate um, in terms of differentiating their experience against others. And so I can really, I can absolutely see that. We also use a Gallup Strengths Finder process, which helps students identify kind of what they're good at, which can cross whether it's professional, personal, et cetera. But really, really focusing on helping the students talk about themselves is really important. But now, in terms of the um, the standard, the offering at GE, you pivoted to GE yes, Virtuoso, we and we'd we love have. to hear about how you did that. Tell us the story. Uh, so it was something that we had definitely been thinking of for a while, but you know, you have our on-location program, which was just growing and growing and growing, so it's you know, tough to sort of pump the brakes on something that you're looking to build and have thrive for something which really isn't significantly different than what we provide to students as part of our on-location program. The trick to some of it was just making sure that it kept the integrity of what it is that we told students the internship was going to do, how to put some of the technology and the processes and, um, really figure out how that was going to work. So virtuoso is what we call it. And um, it was a person who's extremely skilled at something. So we figured that's an appropriate name for interns coming out of this program. So it's basically everything that we do now for our on-location program. So at the advising, um, access to a portal. So students kind of have an idea of what it is that, um, they are looking into, they get heads up about the culture of the country that the employer is based in. They get the Gallup Strengths Assessment and they get a coach um, who is certified who to kind of guide them through that aspect of the kind of the knowing yourself better, knowing what your strengths are, how do you speak to your experiences? So that is all still part of it. We work on their resume, we work on their cover letter, we put them out for placement. Uh, we work with our employers. We have different webinars that talk to you know, working in a international setting as to what the cultural norms are within that workplace. So we had most of it already. Um, it was really just making sure that we were messaging appropriately to the employers and working with them to have them understand what a remote internship works like as it relates to an international student audience. You know, they're all going through COVID-19 as employers, so they are um, nimbly having to shift the way they do business to stay in business, and we think this is also going to meet the need from the employers where they are. Interesting. So you mentioned Jason, and we realized as we were talking that we weren't, we weren't that clear about the kind of virtual space and, and how you would deal with yep. the kind of the cultural pieces. And then we had Robin Matrosa-Helms on uh, last week on the podcast from the American Council on Education, and she was talking about yep. actually a virtual internship or a COIL experience, if it's mm -hmm. a set up, you know, so mindfully and carefully and reflected on mindfully and intentional at the end, actually is the literally location of it really that important? 
It's a, it's a fascinating question. And I think there are many program providers who are looking at the same question. There are many universities who are also <laughs> looking at the same question. You know, they've brought all their students home from their spring programs. The interesting bit about international internships, and I think the virtual side of them is we're going to be learning how important the international and the cultural component is. I mean, the focus of the internship is really to accomplish two things. It's to set students on that career path that helps them determine what it is they are going to be doing um, and really helps them see their future. The international aspect brings in all of the intercultural competencies, the communication skills, the learning a new culture, I mean, the life skills, which are just so important for the world to become a little bit closer. Within this virtual construct, we are going to be learning exactly how important that location aspect is. I think there are gonna be students coming to us the same way they've been coming to us before. There are gonna be some that are very set on their career. They know they want the best possible placement in journalism and they will go anywhere around the world as long as the journalism placement is what they're looking for. Those students aren't as tied to the international aspect of it. Then we have other students who are very set on going to Milan because that's where they want to go to study fashion, but they really want to be in Italy and they really want to be in Milan. For those students, an international virtual internship is probably going to be the trick for us as an organization to deliver on. And how do we look to build in those cultural aspects that meet that need? We have a dynamic team overseas who can access the you know, museum tours and cooking aspects, and they can do their own language courses or, you know, little podcasts or little Zooms here and then to fill in the missing gaps. So I think it's trying to figure out what do the students need and then how do we get it to them? You've done amazingly agile pivot to virtual, you know, and I, I do hear that you were kind of heading towards that direction anyway. But do you think virtual will stay as an option for the long term, even as and when on location internships come back? Do you think I do. There are, do you think there are different profiles of students that an on location internship might suit and a virtual internship might suit? Yes. And I think you've hit it on the head there, to be quite honest. I do think that virtual internships, they were kind of meant to happen anyway, because not everyone has the desire to travel. Not anyone has that same kind of wanderlust. Um, but I think also to a certain degree, the virtual internships kind of level the playing field in terms of accessibility. Not everyone has the funds to travel. Internships by their nature have to be fairly long-term. So you can't do a faculty-led internship for two weeks. I mean, they're really meant to be fairly immersive experiences where you are working on a project or a group of projects with a team and a supervisor towards an end goal. So I think, you know, I think they're vitally important now for the summer and for the fall as there's just very limited international mobility. I think it's also uh, hitting a need of some of our employers who are also struggling to figure out how are they going to do business with the challenges that <laughs> just going out and about are, you know, we're facing right now. But I think whether it's financial accessibility, whether it's physical 
accessibility, I think the concept of virtual internships will continue to grow. And then I think it's up to the employers and the organizations and the universities, anyone who is putting these together to make sure that the framework is there, the touch points are there, and that we're keeping students engaged with the employers so that, you know, they're not burning out or they're not just sort of dropping off through the process, that it's of mutual benefit to the employer and the student. But I do, I do think there's a long-term future in this. I can definitely see it. I just wonder, though, as you look across the destinations, do you think there will be some destinations that will come back quicker for on-location internships? Yes. Or or are there certain destinations which are easier, which have proved so far easier for the virtual internship offering to take root in? Are there some cultural um, reasons why that might be the case or not so much? What we've noticed necessarily isn't having to do with the locations, but with the career fields. So I think some of the career fields we're finding uh, will be opening faster. The ones, you know, whether it's nursing, education, you know, some of the ones that could have been difficult to place in before, obviously are becoming quite tricky to do virtually. We're, We're finding smaller bits and pieces in there. I think some of the locations that we are looking at for the fall also have more to do with um, what we anticipate in terms of visa restrictions. Like, is it the the virus may be under control within their own domestic population? Are they going to want their borders open to international travelers? So I think those sort of like the finance placements, the business placements, the, like I said, journalism, marketing. So I think some fields are just going to lend themselves more to a virtual internship, like fashion. Um, we're finding that we're having great success with from the marketing standpoint, social media, IT, some of those just lend themselves to remote mm. other things, maybe not so much. And you mentioned um, just in your summary or your intro to GE that you've got 8,000 alumni. Yes. And all of those 8,000 to this point are all on location alumni, but now you've suddenly got an entirely new category of GE Virtuoso alumni. You know, there's just so much that we're going to be able to learn from everyone who starts doing these virtual opportunities. We are definitely in kind of uncharted waters. What are the top competencies that our students walked away from their internship with? It'll be fascinating to see whether those top five are what we see in our virtuoso students as well. We'll probably have to wait another 20 years or so for our our virtuoso students to be at the same place our other alumni were. But I think it's just, it's going to be really, really interesting to learn from this cohort as they grow, to learn what the program model needs to be, to be successful for them and successful for the employers and our university partners. So I think everyone needs to be innovative and needs to kind of think about what's next. And what better notes than that to end on. Carrie, thanks so much for your time. Really, really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. No, thanks, Zoe. It's been great.